0: of the Outside the Box podcast. It's episode number 194. Obviously, OTB, part of that Underground Sports Philadelphia podcast network. It's KB and DJ coming at you. Guys, it it is November. November's here. We are officially one month away from opening face-off weekend of the NLL on the worldwide leader. Uh, I'm going to continue to do that. I posted that clip today. I am so excited. Uh, We are going to do our divisional breakdowns, obviously. There's like two conferences this year, which is, don't know if that's what they're going to call them, conferences, divisions, whatever it may be, but we're going to split them up. So today's episode, we are going to break down the Old North Division from the 2019-2020 season, which is Halifax, Toronto, Buffalo, Rochester. Next week, we're going to break down the other portion of the new East Division, which is the original east division from the 2019-2020 season and then in two weeks from now we're going to break down half of the west and then that week before we'll break down the other half of the west and then boom season's here crazy to think that way um but i'm very excited so we're going to get into breaking down the old north division see how they're going to stack up we're going to give our predictions for where they might end up this year if they're going to be playoff contenders playoff teams championship contenders Uh, We're going to get into that, plus a couple other news and notes around the league in the NLL, since there isn't much PLL news going on whatsoever. Obviously so. It's pretty much the the dead period for the PLL, but it's NLL season for us here at OTB. Uh, But before we get started and breaking down the Old North Division, big thank you to our sponsors who allow us to do this craziness. Our friends at Tomahawk Shades, the best small batch eyewear Mm -hmm. in the game. Plus, DJ, they might be the best hoodie provider on the planet i got my hoodie in from the fall apparel uh collection their capsule for fall merch it might be the most comfortable hoodie i've ever put on my body i'm not wearing it right now because i'm showing off one of my my new shirts with my spooky scary skeletons um but that hoodie i will probably be wearing it on our thursday night props live stream tonight uh for thursday night football as we record this now on thursday it is so damn comfortable it's so warm it's saw so, it fits like perfectly it's like it's got enough of that bagginess of a hoodie that you want but it still fits like really well i absolutely adore this hoodie so much go to tomahawkshades.com you can get your hoodies you can get blue light glasses sunglasses everything in between and when you go to checkout use our promo code usp you get 25 percent off your entire order at tomahawkshades.com Our friends at Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, you guys, it's back in stock. That one time a year that it rolls around, the Black Label Bourbon is in stock at statesidevodka.com. Go check that out. It only rolls out once a year, so get your hands on it while you still can. Go to statesidevodka.com. Get the Black Label Bourbon that is now available. You got to be 21 or older to purchase, and, of course, please drink responsibly. And our friends at Kenwood Beer. Go to KenwoodBeer.com. Use the Kenny tracker to see who's got Kenwood on tap. You got to be 21 or older to do so, though, and please drink responsibly. DJ, we're going to get into the Old North Division from the 2019-2020 season. Four teams, Halifax, Toronto, Buffalo, and Rochester. Uh, These four teams joining the East Division that is already loaded with Georgia, Philly, an up-and-coming New York team with the Riptide. And, of course, the Albany Firewolves, now formerly the New England Black Wolves. The East Division is going to be absolutely stupid. Uh, not sure how I feel about them splitting up like this. I was still kind of hoping that it was going to be 4-4-6 four, four, and six, uh, out west with the six teams out west. But having 8-6 and six is going to be one hell of a season in the East Division. It's going to be a bloodbath, 1,000%, especially with the, how the playoffs shake out and how... Uh, qualifying for the playoffs goes, but let's start. We'll start from the bottom up from uh, the old North Division, and that takes us to our first team, which is the Rochester Nighthawks, the new aged Rochester Nighthawks. Uh, they finished 2019 2020, that shortened season due to old uncle COVID, uh, 2 and 10. It was a tough year for the Rochester Nighthawks, but they did bring in a bunch of key additions, uh, including. Their man that's going to be man in the cage for them, Evan Kirk, their new goalie coming over from Saskatchewan. They brought in Dan Coates. They brought in Jeff Wittig, Thomas Hogarth, and Matt Gilray are all now parts of this new-look Rochester Nighthawks team. They did lose Jay Thornbert, Daryl Robertson, the homie Craig Wendy, and Phil Caputo. But I think getting Evan Kirk, Dan Coates, and Thomas Hogarth onto this team is really going to reset the culture of that first year of this new age Rochester Nighthawks that came in in 2019 and 2020 where they found it difficult to win. Things were very frustrating for them. I was at that iconic, uh, you know, insane penalty minute filled game against the wings in Philadelphia. Um, I think it's really going to reset the culture and reset the vibe with this Rochester team with all these additions and I do think Rochester will be a much better team than 2-10 and 10, uh, going into 2021-2022. It's just a matter of, can all of these new pieces come in, blend with the guys that are already there, and really build chemistry throughout the season? I don't think it's going to be an instant thing where it's going to be Rochester rattling off, you know, no pun intended there with the old MLL Rochester Rattlers, um, where they go in and, and just get, you know, five, six wins in a row. But I think if you see progress and they're they're playing teams close and not getting blown out like they were notorious for in a few games uh, before the pandemic ended the nineteen twenty season, I think that's a very good sign for Rochester moving forward and showing that they're going in the right direction.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think – they were at a point where they were almost rebuilding. Like they weren't necessarily rebuilding because they knew that they had their core that they wanted to go with and kind of move forward. What way they wanted to play moving forward, but they just needed to acquire players. So at this point, this off season off season was all about getting the right players to fit into their system. And I think they did that, but now it's all a matter of coming together and playing the right way figuring each other, like where does someone like the ball when they like to shoot and just the small things of people's games and, If at the end of the year they're in a position where they're close to 500, that's a very good year.
0: Yeah, and I mean, they played a preseason game already against Buffalo and demolished the Buffalo Bandits, 19-8. to They scored nine goals in the first quarter, um, which, I mean, it's preseason. You're not going to show everything out there offensively and defensively, but for Rochester to put up 19 on Buffalo, who was a team that was in – the last uh, championship game that the NLL hosted. That's a, a pretty good sign for the offense, I'd say. Uh, that's going to be led by Holden Katoni. It's going to be led by Sean Evans, Curtis Knight. Uh, you know, you're you're hoping for more progress from some of these young guys and, and seeing what they're going to be able to do. Um, but I think adding in some of these key veterans like Evan Kirk, who knows what it takes to win a championship and obviously – We're not saying Rochester's at the point where they're going to be contending for a championship, but he knows that grind and what it takes and what the culture has to be in order to win a championship coming over from Saskatchewan. Same thing with Dan Coates, who has been there, done that in the playoffs, knows that grind of what it takes to get to that level. Matt Gilray, Thomas Hogarth, they know what it takes. I think those additions are wins in and of itself for for Rochester this year, and it's just a matter of continuing to build and and setting that culture and setting – you know, the standards that you want for your organization, uh, you know, moving forward as you look into the future of this new age Rochester franchise. Yeah,
1: I think it's it's a big point of emphasis on every team that goes out and is looking, you know, obviously every team wants to win a championship every year, but in all actuality, there are, are only a few in every league that are going to seriously compete for one. And they're at a point where they could be a year or two away from getting to that point. And those guys like Dan Coates and those guys that came over with the leadership are going to be the ones that lead them to that point. Maybe they aren't on the team when they get there, but the the things that they do this year will set the foundation for them to eventually get to that point.
0: So we'll take a look at the Nighthawks schedule and we're going to break down how we think they're going to finish. Uh, The first month of the season for them, they have three games in the month of December, two on the road, one at home. They open up on the road Saturday, December 4th at the New York Riptide. Then the following week uh, they are home for their home opener against the Bandits. Then they're on the road the following week against the Albany Firewolves to round out the month of December. How do you see them ending the month of December?
1: Um, you know, they could possibly come out two and one, um, Riptide has some pieces, but they've they've been struggling the past year or so um, in, in figuring out their identity and what they're going to play like. Albany is in the midst of changing over. And, you know, they were New England last year, got some players uh, back, lost some players. And it's always different playing in a new city after you're moving. So, I mean, the only team I can see them actually losing to, for sure, in my opinion right now, is Buffalo. So a possible 2-1 and one at the end of December.
0: I have them at one and two. Um, I think the Riptide end up winning that home opener. They they have a ton of new added pieces to go along with Tyson Gibson on offense. Callum Crawford, Jeff T. They they've added a ton to that Riptide team. Um, I think it'll be a very entertaining game. I just don't know if the Nighthawks have enough across the board to keep up with powerhouses like Callum Crawford and Jeff T. and Tyson Gibson who theoretically is like the third option on that team now, which is crazy to think about. Um, I also have them losing to Buffalo just because the bandits are absolutely stacked. Um, but I do have them beating Albany. I, I think they have enough offensive firepower and enough defensive prowess to go toe-to-toe with Albany and come away with a, a big-time win on the road against the Firewolves.
1: Yeah, you know, thinking about Calum Crawford, Jeff T coming over to New York and obviously – makes their their offense extremely like scary especially on paper but at the same time i think that rochester kind of knows if they get off to a bad start it might not go well for the rest of the year so they might possibly be looking to to steal that first one if they come out with a punch It i wouldn't be surprised for it to tip their way
0: yeah i mean anything can certainly happen in this league that's the beauty of the nll um but regardless, I think they'll play New York close. I just don't know if they'll have enough to, to come out on top. Um, so you have them at two and one. I have them at one and two after the month of December. Now we get into the meat of their schedule in the month of January, where they play four games. They play the defending champion Calgary Roughnecks at home. Then they play. Then they have a bye week. Then they have Friday night lacks against the Georgia Swarm at home on January twenty-first. Part of a back-to-back weekend. After that Georgia game, they go on the road Saturday night to play the Philadelphia Wings in Philly, and then the following weekend on Saturday, they're on the road against the Toronto Rock. So Calgary, Georgia, Philadelphia, Toronto, all in the month of January for Rochester. Sometimes we all just need to wind down after a long day of enjoying our favorite sports team's go to work and with the rise of streaming platforms new tv shows and movies are popping up every single week and it might be overwhelming not knowing exactly what to watch well that's where streamer season comes in the exclusive streaming platform discussion podcast for tv and movies on the underground sports philadelphia podcast network join me kb and a plethora of our hosts right here at usp breaking down All the new TV and movies that you guys should be watching across all the various streaming platforms that are available to the masses. Catch us on streamer season wherever you get your podcasts.
1: See, this is why I gave them the benefit of the doubt for December and gave them a two and one because I think 0 and 4
0: in in January. Like,
1: I don't think... and, And... I only say that because of the back to back. That's going to be a very tough back to back,
0: especially having, since it's a home and road back to back.
1: Yeah, having to play Georgia Swarm, a team stacked with the Thompsons, in your home, and then the very and like pretty much as soon as that game is over, you're hopping on the road to go down to Philadelphia to play them the next day, and they're stacked with Blaze and Rambo
0: and Kevin Crowley, Kevin McIntosh, McIntosh Brett Hickey, like Trevor
1: Baptiste. Uh, Isaiah Davis Allen. I mean, the list could go on and on.
0: Brian Costabile. That's that
1: that's a very tough back-to-back. And obviously, Calgary coming off the championship, I don't, they're a team to beat. So I can't say a team like Rochester is going to come in and beat them the first time they see them. I, I highly doubt it. And then I just think after being beat up three games in a row, it's going to be very tough for them to beat the Toronto Rock to end up.
0: Um yeah I agree. I think if they do win one game, it would be against Calgary. Mostly because Calgary obviously lost Dane Dobbs to San Diego in free agency. Um I still think Calgary is a very good talented team. I just think Rochester might be able to compete with them a little bit and we might underestimate a little bit of what Rochester is going to be able to do against Calgary. Um I do want to see how Calgary's defense continues to improve in front of the boy Christian Del Bianco, um, but I think if they do come away with a win, it would be that one. But I do have them going 0 and 4 in January, which is tough. That's going to be very difficult to rebound from in this East Division. Um, so hopefully for Rochester's sake, they can sneak you know a couple wins in there. Whether they do go 2 and 1 in the month of uh, December, sneak a win against Calgary, maybe win one of those back-to-back games potentially, but not being able to rebound. Uh, from 0-4 would be a tough tough task for them Um, but I do have them going 0-4 heading into the month of February which doesn't get started for them until the middle of the month where they only have two games in February DJ they are at home on February 12th against the Albany Firewolves and then they have a week off after that and then they are home against the Buffalo Bandits on Saturday February 26th two games in the month of February
1: you missed one
0: Oh, I did. They play, they're gonna play. February fifth, yeah, on the road against Buffalo. So three games in the month of February: Buffalo, Albany, and Buffalo. Um, I think honestly, I'm going to go
1: another two and one here. I think they beat Buffalo the first time on the road. Um, after seeing them the first time at home, and they're going to feel a little bitter about losing the first time at home. I think they'll go into Buffalo and win. Uh, beat Albany again somehow. Don't ask me how I think they're going to win again but I'm going to have Albany I'll put Buffalo and Albany as wins and then they'll lose to Buffalo to close out month.
0: I have them going one and two I I just think Buffalo's too good across the board offensively defensively in transition and obviously Matt Benson in, in goal but I mean they could theoretically win one of those games if they do I think it's the home Buffalo game um but I do have them going one and two and uh sweeping the season series against the albany firewolves which would be pretty good for rochester um so i have them one and two there you have them two and one heading into the month of march where another tough stretch for rochester uh they play the georgia swarm friday night lacks on the road in georgia then the following week they play the riptide on saturday a 5 p.m start at home in rochester Then they're on the road at Saskatchewan, and then they're at home against the Philadelphia Wings. So Swarm, Riptide, Rush, not to be confused with the Gatorade flavor, and then uh, the Wings to wrap out the month of March. I
1: think I'm going to go two and two here. Um, I think they lose the outsides at the beginning and the end of the month, and I think they they win the insides. Um, I think they I, I think they're good enough to beat New York on a consistent basis. and even though Saskatchewan is a perennial powerhouse, um, there's just something I like about the Nighthawks over the rush.
0: I have them two and two as well. I think they end up beating Georgia in that road game against the swarm. Um, just one of those like weird steal a win on the road type deals. Uh, and then I have them beating the Riptide as well uh, to kind of get revenge for losing on opening night, and then I think they'll lose back-to-back games on the road against the Rush, and then they'll lose to the Wings. Um, Just too much firepower on those two teams, in my opinion. And then we go into the month of April to wrap things out for Rochester. They get a bunch of, you know, obviously uh, East Division games and former North Division games. They're on the road against Halifax on April Fool's Day. Then they are home against Toronto, on the road against the Riptide, and they finish out their 2021-22 schedule at home against Halifax. So Halifax, Toronto, New York, Halifax in the final month for Rochester.
1: Um, I'm going to get outed by uh, the Riptide. I'm going to give Rochester a sweep over New York. I think they just have New York's number this year. Um. I say Toronto beats them again, and Halifax they split with, so 2-2 as well in
0: in April. I'm going to say 2-2 as well. I think they'll split with Halifax, and they'll win one of those Toronto Riptide games. Um, So I'm going to go 2-2 there. Kind of, you know, end of the season, feel good about, you know, going into the offseason, because the way things shake out for both of us doesn't look like Rochester will be a playoff team. Obviously, things could go crazy, but uh, with the records per month that we have, DJ, you have Rochester racking up, let's see, two, four, six, eight wins on the season, and five, six, and four. So they go eight and ten uh, in your prediction, which, I mean, Theoretically, could potentially be a playoff team, you know, as that final wild card spot. Um, but I don't know if eight and ten will be good enough in the East Division alone to get you into the playoffs. And then with my predictions, I have Rochester. Um, let's see, two four. I have them with six wins, um, which would put them at four or two more losses, so six and twelve um which by my standards is certainly not good enough to get in the playoffs but i mean six and 12 after a two and ten season that's improvement and that's what you want to see from rochester um obviously things can go differently if things are looking well they could make moves at the trade deadline improve this roster i love rochester their social media team's great they're gonna absolutely clown me for this and i can't wait um but I'm I'm very excited to watch them in year two and see how they progress, see how these new veterans come in and mesh with this team, and I think they're going to be a very fun team to watch as compared to 2019 2020.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm I'm excited obviously just to get in and see what's going on with the league, and I just I I really like their squad on paper, and I really like some of the matchups and where they have them in the season compared to where they're playing teams. So I'm I'm giving them a little bit of a benefit of a doubt. Here and, and giving them an opportunity to slide in and, and win some games.
0: For sure. And uh, we're going to get into the next team, which is the defending East Division uh, champions, if you will, the Buffalo Bandits, the chaotic Buffalo Bandits, uh, f- who finished 2019-2020 with a record of 7-4. and four. They were in the playoff mix. They were scrapping there before the season came to a halt. Um, we'll get into their schedule, but some of their key additions and subtractions this offseason, DJ, are quite notable. Some key additions, they brought in the boy, Connor Fields. He's back with his Chaos teammates, playing on the East Coast, coming over from San Diego. Uh, he's reunited with Kyle Buchanan, uh, who is another key addition from the COVID-shortened offseason season uh and then they have a bunch of draft picks that are going to be key contributors to this team three of them from the 2020 draft sam larue brad mcculley and jordan storos all 2020 draft picks who we have not seen yet and then obviously the boy tahoka nanticoke signing uh just last week uh he's going to be a big piece of this offense as well some key subtractions Corey small obviously now with the philadelphia wings dan littner Uh, Matt Gilray and Mitch DeSnoo, who Mitch DeSnoo was traded to Toronto, so they will still see their former teammate uh, throughout the season. But this Buffalo team, they played in the last NLL championship game that we had back in 2019. Obviously, they lost to the Calgary Roughnecks. They have one of the best home field advantages in the entire league, and they arguably got even better this offseason by adding those guys we mentioned, Connor Fields, Kyle Buchanan, Tahoka. Jordan Storos, Brad McCulley, Sam LaRue. like This team is loaded, and that's not even mentioning the core of this roster being Josh Byrne, Dane Smith, Ian McKay, Chris Cloutier, Matt Vince, arguably one of the best goalies of all time, if not the best of all time. This roster is stacked top to bottom. Buffalo is going to be on that revenge tour, coming out with a vengeance and ready to play. I'd be scared to be playing Buffalo at any point in the season. I'm very excited to watch them play box across this season because they're an all-star team.
1: I mean, you'd think they're like an all-world team or something when you go in and look. It's, just, it's unreal the amount of talent they have on that team, but at the same time, talent can get in the way sometimes, you know. And like you said, I think they will be a little, a little vengeance in in their blood from last year. But at the same time, I think the the fun and the skill may get to their head a little bit, and they'll they'll lose a game or two here and there. You know, for example, like me giving um, giving them a game to uh, to the Rochester or mm-hmm. over the Bandits. You know, like that. That's one where they're like, okay, we've seen them before, we beat them. We kind of know what they're going to do. And then they come out with a slightly different game plan. Boom. They're not ready for it. They outwork them a little bit. That's a game that they drop. So that's kind of something I'm interested to see is how many times Buffalo will do that kind of thing this year.
0: And it's, you know, is it one of those situations where it is too many mouths to feed? Like who gets the opportunity to play in certain situations? Who's going to suit up? Who's going to be available? It's going to be, a very calculated type of situation for Buffalo, but they are one of the best coach teams, one of the best managed teams in all of the NLL. So I I have no doubt that they'll figure it out. It's just a matter of, okay, whose night is it going to be to let that person or that tandem kind of take control of the game and, you know, just go out there on your revenge tour and not let egos get in the way. Not that this team has egos, but, you know, you want to be able to spread the ball around, move it at a consistent pace and, and be able to compete in this division that is absolutely loaded. Um, the Buffalo Bandits schedule is pretty tough in the early going. I think they have a much easier schedule down the stretch, but the month of December, DJ, they only have two games in December. So they get the early going uh, and we have a championship rematch. They get Calgary right off the bat in Buffalo, in Bandit land. Uh, on Saturday, December fourth, and then they go on the road Saturday, uh, December eleventh at Rochester, which you had as a Buffalo loss. So do you have Buffalo going one and one, or do you have Buffalo starting the season zero and two in a surprise uh, start to the year for the Bandits?
1: Uh, one and one, one and one. Um, I think what it will, what it will be is them riding the high off of Calgary. Beating Calgary after last year and all the feelings that come with that, a lot of them still riding the high off of the PLL championship that they just won. They might walk into that game. Oh, they were two and ten last year. Sure, they added these guys, but how good can they really be? End up dropping one to Rochester. There,
0: I'm going to no. It's one of those things, like you said, riding the high of the PLL championship. The boys are back together in Bandit Land. They've brought in some massively key additions you only have two games in december to show off only one game in banditland so i think they're gonna pop out and beat calgary and then they'll go up to rochester and handle business before heading into the new year i have them starting 2-0 uh then we get into the month of january where they have four games uh they kick off the new year in banditland against toronto and georgia and then on the road against halifax and the riptide how do you have the month of January playing out for the Bandits?
1: This one's going to be 4-0. I think they just, um, looking at what I know pretty much about these four teams' defenses, um, it, their their offense is just too good to beat them. And especially after I have Bandits losing to Rochester the first time, there's no way. They're going to lose to them two times in a row. So I, I have a 4-0 for, for Buffalo. Uh,
0: so I have Buffalo in the month of January going 3-1. and one. Uh, I think they'll beat Toronto. Big-time rivalry game, so that'll be an interesting game to watch. It's in Banditland, so I give them the advantage there. Georgia going up to Buffalo, I think Buffalo has the advantage there. I think they lose at Halifax. Um, Halifax is one of those tough places to play, even though they're pretty new. Um, and I think Halifax is arguably the best team in the league uh, from top to bottom. And then I have them beating New York on the road. So they have them at 3-1 and one after the month of January. The month of February, they are home against Rochester at Toronto, home against Albany at Rochester. So Rochester, Toronto, Albany, Rochester. I believe I'm going to have them... They're going to go 3-1. I think Toronto wins at home against Buffalo, so I'm going to have them go 3-1. And, and I'm going to
1: have them 2-2 two and two. Um, because I remember mentioning Rochester was going to win uh, another one against Buffalo somehow. Um, but I think that they'll beat Rochester one of the two times. And then um, I think they're going to lose to Toronto the second time, and but yeah. they'll beat Albany.
0: Uh, And then heading into the month of March, they have Albany, Philadelphia. Albany's on the road, Philadelphia at home, uh, Halifax at home after a bye week, and then short week, Thursday night lacrosse in the city of brotherly love at Philadelphia. So they go Albany, Philadelphia, Halifax, Philadelphia.
1: Um, I think they sweep Albany um, and they split with Philadelphia home teams taking each of those there. Um, I think it's going to be something. Obviously, Banditland is Banditland with those guys there, so that's that's why I think they take it there. But it's going to be something about a Thursday night in Philadelphia um, with lacrosse. on
0: ESPN primetime.
1: Oh, that would be amazing. But Wells Fargo is going to be bananas that night, so um, the Wings are going to take that one. And I think they split with Halifax on the season series as well, um, and they take that one at home.
0: So you got or them. no, I
1: have I have them sweeping Halifax. So you got them at
0: three and one. Yep, three and
1: one in, in March.
0: I am gonna say. I think it's a, a two and two month. I I I think it's gonna be a tough month of March. I think they'll beat Albany. Uh, I think they'll split with the Wings, and then I think Halifax takes takes down Buffalo in kind of a pseudo upset since Halifax will be the road team i just so, really i really like halifax's squad this year so you think um, they're
1: sweeping the bandits i, I do, do you, who and you I think just, that's
0: gonna play into my playoff positioning because uh, you just raved
1: we, about how much the band just added and how good they are but I, halifax will sweep the band so you, in your so. opinion
0: yeah i i think the biggest difference i would say is jake withers for halifax that face-off position I think is so critical now in the NLL that having a Jake Withers there is such a difference maker. And I think Halifax has added a ton as well. And we're going to get into them later in this episode, but I I really like Halifax's squad this year. And I think they're a big time championship contender. Um, And so are the bandits. Like things can play their way for the bandits in the playoffs and, they're a championship contender, no doubt, but I do think Halifax ends up sweeping them. Um, and then we get into the month of April where Buffalo goes on the road to the Loud House to play Colorado. They're home against the Riptide, on the road against Georgia, and then they wrap up their season at home against Toronto. So it's Colorado, New York, Georgia, Toronto. They're
1: going to beat Toronto at home to close out the year um it, it's something special playing at home before you. i think that's going to
0: determine playoff seating
1: not only will it determine it but it just feels good to play at home and win right before you go into the playoffs that's kind of be there going to be their mentality there um i'm going to give them two and one i think they they lose to georgia on the road
0: they got four um, games
1: oh oh
0: colorado new york georgia toronto
1: three and one um Going to Colorado is extremely hard, just from what I've seen on YouTube and what I've heard. Um, and then I think they lose. I think they lose both of their road games, and I think they win both their home games.
0: I agree. I, I think they'll probably lose that Colorado one of those road games. They'll end up losing, um, whether it's Georgia or Colorado, but they'll win the home games, and they'll go three and one to wrap out the the regular season. So, DJ, you have Buffalo winning, let's see, 1, 5, 7, 10, 13 games and going 13 and 5. It's a pretty penny of a record. Uh, Certainly a playoff team. And I have them at 2, 5, 8, 10, 13 and 5. Just different routes to get there. So we both agree Buffalo's a pretty fucking good team. Yeah. Yeah. Unreal. Um,. And that takes us to our next team who was right there with them, finished with the same record in 2019 and 2020. And that is the Toronto Rock, uh, who made history this week. Before we get into, um, you know, just the overall record predictions and, and notable additions, they made a notable addition this week uh, by signing. Somebody that was campaigned to be signed all season, uh, all off season, I should say. And that is uh, Koichi Nakamura signing with the Toronto Rock. He is uh, hoping to become the first Asian born and trained player to play in the pros. Congratulations to uh, Koichi Nakamura for signing with the Toronto Rock. We're going to add that to the key additions his game is awesome. I'm very excited for him. I hope he gets an opportunity with Toronto and a very good Toronto Rock team. Some of their key additions heading into this season, they traded for Mitch DeSnew from Buffalo, so he's coming into Toronto, joining the other side of that rivalry. Jason Noble, now a member of the Toronto Rock, and hopefully when he's healthy enough 2020 draft pick, face-off specialist TD Erland joining the Toronto Rock as well. Some key subtractions. Scott Domini, Damon Edwards, Taylor Stewart, and David Brock all left Toronto. This offseason, Toronto, like we said, finished 7 and 4 in 2019 2020. They're still a loaded team. They have some big time players on this roster, led by Tom Schreiber, Captain America, ironically playing in Canada. Um, you know, you have Dan Dawson there, Rob Hellier. You have uh, Adam Jones. You have Johnny Paulus. You have Brad Cree on defense. Challen Rogers, one of the best transition players on the planet. Uh, You have Jameson Dilks up top. You have Adam Jay on defense. Um, Brandon Slade on defense. Nick Rose, one of the best goalies in the league. Latrell Harris, the boy, uh, playing defense. You have Reed Reinhold there. This roster is a very underrated, criminally underrated, I should say, but very good roster. Um, I think they're going to be big time contenders. We're going to get into their schedule in just a bit, but I think Toronto doesn't like they're one of those, like the Toronto rock kind of remind me in, in a baseball perspective, kind of like the St. Louis Cardinals. Like they're just perennially good. Nobody really talks about them in the breaths of, you know, some of these upper echelon teams, but they're just always there. They're always going to be there. They don't care that you're not talking about them. That's just how I view it. I'm sure people are going to criticize me for viewing it that way, but I think Toronto is one of those just like stupidly underrated teams that are just perennially good, are always in the playoff conversation, are always competing for a championship, and don't get enough respect and validation for how good they really are. The get in the whole podcast hosted by Steve McAvoy and John Mavalia. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at get in the Whole pod and be on the lookout for a ton of great content, keeping you up to date on the world of golf, releasing weekly, a part of the underground sports, Philadelphia family of podcasts, wherever you listen to your favorite shows.
1: Um, I mean, you got to win, you know, look at the NBA. No one talks about the Pacers because they've never won anything. They're right there every year. They're, you know, a a three through seven seed every year in the East and knocking on the door Eastern Conference Finals every year. But because they don't win a championship, they don't get to the Eastern Conference Finals, they don't get to the finals, no one talks about it. Toronto is the same way. They're full of very good players that make – I mean, highlight after highlight, you see it all over social media. You see it in the way they play. But when it's time to step up in the playoffs, I don't I don't know where they go. They, they just can't finish in the playoffs. They can't win a game and get to, you know, the finals, the semifinals, where they need to be to be talked about. So, you know, everybody knows they're there, but they just don't want to talk about them because they're not doing enough to be talked about.
0: Yeah, and I mean, looking at – the history of the NLL, I'm pulling it up here. The last time Toronto was in the uh, the championship game was... I'm going to try to pull it up here. Here we go. Um, uh, Last time they were there was 2015. So it's been six years since they've been in the championship game. And I believe they lost to the Rush. That was the start of the Rush's little mini dynasty run um and before 2015 the last time they were there was 2010 so it seems to be like an every five year type deal they uh you know they they obviously won championships back in the day they won back to back in 99 2000 made it back in 2001 but lost to the wings and then they won in 2002 2003 and 2005 and then they won in 2011 got there in 2015 um you know, got there in 2010. Like, they're always there, but it's been a while since they've been on kind of that, like, upper echelon run of being there and just dominating. They're one of the most successful franchises in in National Lacrosse League history, but it was back in the day. It was, you know, not during this, like, heyday of lacrosse, so, you know, it's been since 2015, since they've been in a championship game. They've obviously been in the playoffs a ton, but Let's see them get back to a championship game and see what they can do uh, against some of these teams. We're going to get into their schedule and predict the Toronto Rock uh, 2021-2022 record. For the month of December, DJ, their schedule looks like this. They are home against Albany to kick things off. Uh, Then they have Friday Night Lacrosse on the road against Halifax. And then they are home against the Philadelphia Wings. Uh, and that is their month of December. So they, they have three games in the month of December against Albany on the uh, at home. They're on the road against Halifax and then home against the Wings.
1: Um, one and two. One and two to start the year. Um, I think Halifax and the Wings beat them, even though the Wings are coming to town. Um, I think the Wings have just enough uh, to make – to make it out of Toronto with 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 a very close win. It's gonna be within three goals. That that game's gonna be a fun game to watch for sure. Um but yeah, one and two for Toronto coming out of December.
0: Yeah, I have them at one and two as well. I think they'll beat Albany um and spoil Andrew Q's homecoming. Uh and then they'll go to on the road to Halifax. They'll end up losing that game. And then uh I, like you said, I think the Philadelphia game, it's a coin toss type of game, but I think the wings will have a little bit of a little bit more firepower um, and come away with like a one goal win. Those two teams always play each other close and somehow Toronto always comes out on top. But I think the wings find a way to win that game Uh, and Toronto will start one and two the month of January. uh, They kick things off in bandit land against the, the Buffalo bandits. Then they are at home against Halifax home against Rochester. And that is their month of January. So, on the road against Buffalo and then two home games against Halifax and Rochester.
1: Yeah, I have them. I believe I have them beating Buffalo. I don't think they have enough to beat Halifax at all. Um so one and they- two. Yeah, but they built They will beat
0: uh, Rochester. I'm gonna have them at two and one because I believe I said Buffalo um, would win that game, if I'm not mistaken. So I think, fi- and I think that game. I think that that Toronto being at home, I think they'll pull a quote unquote home underdog upset against Halifax, um, just because I like. The transition game that Toronto brings to the table. I like having Challen Rogers there. Um, you know, hopefully TD's healthy and he's going toe to toe with Jake Withers in that game. But nonetheless, I, I like Toronto's transition game. And I think they steal one from Halifax there and then they'll beat Rochester uh, to wrap out the month of January. So I have them going two and one. You have them at one and two heading into February where they kick things off in Philadelphia against the Wings. Then they're home against Buffalo. Then they are on the road against Albany. And then on the road against the Riptide. So they're Philadelphia, Buffalo, Albany, New York.
1: Um, This is going to be the turning point of the season for the Rock. I think this is where they come together and they figure out, like, okay, if we're going to do this, this is when we have to kind of kick it into gear and and play exactly how we need to play. Uh, I think they go 3-1. and I think they started off big on the road. Um, beating Philadelphia, but I do think they dropped the one at home against Toronto or against Buffalo. Um, I believe that was the one I had them losing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and then and then they'll be Albany and New York on the road as well.
0: Yeah, I am going three and one as well um, because I believe I said they would steal that one against Buffalo, and I think the Wings end up winning mm-hmm. at home. That that Wings home field advantage is something special. Um, and then I think they'll be Albany and New York in a back-to-back road situation uh, in back-to-back weeks. And then they go into the month of March at home uh, against the, let's see, month of March, they're home against the Riptide, on the road at Vancouver, then they're home. Or no, I'm sorry, then they're on the road against Georgia, and then home against Georgia. So it'll go Riptide, Vancouver, Georgia, Georgia. I'm sorry, no pause that georgia game is in april um so it is new york vancouver georgia
1: um two and one um new york coming to town is going to be even though it's back to back i don't think new york has enough to beat toronto uh they have a nice squad but i think they're going to drop both back to back to toronto um and I don't think Vancouver quite has enough either, even though I'm very excited to see what Vancouver has to offer this year with, with some of the pieces they've acquired. But um, I think Georgia's the only team that's going to beat Toronto in the month of March.
0: I have them going 3-0. I think they sweep the month of March. I think that is going to be the point where, like, Toronto's looking at things. Maybe they swing a trade in the month of March uh, to help improve this team one way or another. I think they end up uh, sweeping the month of March and having a very successful, you know, heading into the spring and getting ready for the playoffs. Where their month of April is a tough one. Um, so I have them going three and zero. Their month of April, they have a back to back to start the month. Friday, April first, they are on the road against Georgia, I believe. Uh, yeah, they are on the road against Georgia. Then they are at home against San Diego that Saturday. April 2nd and then they are away against Rochester, home against Halifax and then they wrap up at Bandit land against Buffalo. So it'll go Georgia, San Diego, Rochester, Halifax, Toronto.
1: Uh 3 and 2. Um I think that they'll beat Georgia um this time around on the road um to get them back for having them come to Toronto and win. Um, And they'll beat Rochester again. I think Toronto has enough uh, to beat Rochester. And I think going into the Halifax game, after losing the San Diego game, they'll know that they'll need to win um, just for for playoff purposes. Um, So they'll beat Halifax. But then, like I said, they'll drop the last one to Buffalo because Buffalo will be at home going into the playoffs.
0: So I think they'll lose to Georgia. Um, I think they'll beat San Diego. I think they'll beat Rochester. Um, I think Halifax will beat them. So I have them going two and three in the month of April. So a little tough slip there uh, in the month of April from me. But DJ, you have Toronto finishing the 2021-2022 campaign with one, two, five, seven, ten 10 wins. And that means eight losses i have them finishing with one three six nine eleven wins and that means seven losses so that's potential playoff team potential lower end playoff team um me personally i think we are going to miss the mark the most with toronto i think they'll probably end up winning more games than we predicted um and that's where we'll you know add our good friend old takes exposed and say hey we screwed this one up but toronto finishing with like i think anywhere in that 10 to 12 win range makes a lot of sense for toronto
1: yeah i mean that's right where i had him at 10. um i think that they, they have a really good team but some of just the way their schedule was constructed was very tough for them
0: for sure um plus it's a tough division tough matchups and that gets us into the final team in the Old North Division who finished in first place if the season had ended properly uh, with a record of 8-4 and four in their first season in Halifax, the Halifax Thunderbirds, with a ton of key additions over the last two offseasons, bringing in the boy Tyson Bell. Stephen LeBlanc came over from uh, the then New England Black Wolves, now the Albany Firewolves. David Brock, now a member of Halifax, Uh, they were able to retain Cody Jamison as well. And then, uh, some key draft picks from 2020, Ethan Riggs and the boy friend of the program, Ryan Tara also a member of this Halifax Thunderbirds team key subtraction, not many, but it's a big one. It's Ryan Banesh got picked by Panther city in the expansion draft. Halifax coming into this one, I think is arguably one of the best teams, uh, in the entire National Lacrosse League. I thought they were championship contenders last year. Or, you know, the, the last season in 2019-2020. I thought they had a real shot to go and win the whole damn thing. Uh, they're loaded. Top to bottom. Cody Jamison, Kyle Jackson, adding Tyson Bell, Stephen LeBlanc. Like the, the amount of scoring options that this team has. And uh, I'm going to pull up their roster as well. Just to, to get a full look at, at who is actually on this team. For the people at home, uh, and they arguably have one of the best uh, social media teams, if not the best, in the entire league, um, doing just fantastic things and some notable names on this team. Um, you have Clark Peterson coming in, Stephen Keough, Austin Shanks, the boy Kyle Jackson. Hopefully his chin is okay. Um, get well soon, KJ. Uh, Leland Palace coming in uh to this team as well clay scanlon steven leBlanc like we mentioned Cody Jameson that's just the offensive weapons on defense they have Ethan Riggs David Brock uh they have Graham Hosick the, the cyborg Brad Gillies Chet Kinexny uh Jake Withers in that transition spot Nankin Thompson uh, Luke Van Sheppen James Barclay Scott Campbell Colton Armstrong the boyfriend of the show Luke Magnan Trevor Smith and now Tyson Bell. And then they obviously have Warren Hill on this team. They also recently signed Aaron Bold. And they just have a a plethora of goalies on this Halifax team. Tons of notable names across the board for Halifax. They are in my, my top three, I'd say, of teams that I think have a legitimate shot to go all the way and be hoisting the trophy at the end of this season.
1: Yeah, I mean, you've been talking about... Uh, all day as we went through the rest of this uh, former North division. So um, I know how high you are on on Halifax. I mean, I like their color scheme, obviously. Um, their jerseys purple, are beautiful. Purple and orange is always going together. Um, it looks so good.
0: Uh, so let's get into their schedule. The month of December, they kick things off at home uh, against Saskatchewan, rematch of that instant classic game we had. In 2019 2020 where things just went back and forth went into overtime just high scoring game if you haven't seen it go watch it on the youtubes it is one of the best games i've ever watched in the national lacrosse league so they're home against saskatchewan then they're home friday night lacrosse against toronto and then they go on the road december 30th at calgary a little uh two days before the new year so dj saskatchewan toronto at home and then at the defending champ calgary Rough Top bins, top tier commentary, top drawer, upper 90, you already know, (laughs) you already know. I think that's we, how it always we went goes. went like, like 45 minutes like. and we were at like Chelsea. <laughs> <other> <laughs> what about? are we doing? <laughs> um, I'm Dominic Ponteri. I'm Matt Cat And we are here to talk about Champions League Soccer today. Robins time. What's up? We're back.
1: Uh, two and one. Um, I already said they're going to beat Toronto, um, and I think they'll they'll win the the home opener as well. But they'll drop to uh,
0: Calgary. I have them going three and zero to start the year. I, I think. Just the offensive firepower that they have to go in. I, I think that Saskatchewan game is going to be a big, tough task for them in the home opener to reopen their their barn and, and have that environment around them with Saskatchewan being more of a defensive-minded team on paper, I, I would say, um, than they have been in years past. I think the Toronto game is going to be very close, but I think Halifax will end up winning that, and then I think they'll go on the road and, and upset Calgary at home um, a couple days before the new year, so I have Halifax starting three and zero and starting hot. The month of January to kick off twenty twenty two, they are home against the Riptide. They are on the road against Toronto, home against Buffalo, and then they're at Albany.
1: Um, I think two and two. I think they take the outsides. They win the beginning and the end of the month. Um, but I had Toronto getting revenge, and then um, obviously Buffalo is is extremely good.
0: Yeah, I, I forget if I said I had Buffalo or Halifax. I had Halifax sweeping that series, so... Yeah, um, I had the opposite. So I think they'll end up beating New York. I think they'll... I said Toronto would win that game. Um, I think they'll beat Buffalo. And then... Man, I don't know why I feel like that Albany game is going to be a sneaky win for Albany. I'm gonna say three and one, um, but I f- could see a two and two month. I'll say that I'm gonna say three and one in the month of January as we head to February, where uh, three games. February twelfth is the first one. They are home against the Philadelphia Wings. Then they're home against the Georgia Swarm, and then they're at the Philadelphia Wings.
1: Um. Two and one. I think they split with the wings and and they take care of business against the Swarm.
0: I have them at one and two. I think they'll split with the wings, but I think Georgia ends up coming in and sneaking a win uh, in Halifax. So a little tough month of February there for for Halifax going into March, where they are home against Vancouver, home against Albany, and then they're on the road uh, for two games at Georgia at Buffalo.
1: Um, I think they have enough to beat Vancouver. I think Georgia will take care of business this time. So, uh, two and two, they'll win the first two, lose the last two.
0: I have Buffalo sweeping Halifax. Um, I have them. I think Vancouver's gonna come in and pull an upset. I think Vancouver pulls an upset. I think they'll beat Albany. I think they'll beat Buffalo, and then they'll lose to Georgia. So I have them at 2-2 and as well, just a different combination. Uh, And then the month of April, they have uh, Friday Night Lacrosse home against Rochester. Then they are at Toronto, at New York, at Rochester. So three straight road games to end the season for Halifax. Um, But two against Rochester, the Toronto Rock in there, and then the Riptide as well.
1: Um if I'm correct at Rochester winning one of these um so I'm gonna go three and one um I think they beat Toronto again I think they they handle business against New York but they split uh with rochester
0: um so so three and one you said yeah. I think they are going, because I think I had Toronto winning that game. If I'm not mistaken. Um, Man, I think they go... I'm going to say they go 2-2. Two because two. I think I said Rochester would lose both of those games, but I think New York comes in uh, at home and wins that one. So I have them going two and two. So a hot start to the season, then kind of, you know, in the middle there. Actually, you know what? I'm going to switch. They're going to go three and one. They're going to go three and one. They'll lose the game to Toronto and then they'll win the rest. Um, so that puts DJ's overall record for Halifax at two, four, six, eight, eleven 11 wins, seven losses. And that puts me at, Three, six, seven, nine. That puts me at 12 wins and six losses. So our standings for the Old North Division would be Buffalo, Halifax, Toronto, Rochester for me. And then for DJ, it would be Buffalo, uh... Halifax, Toronto, Rochester. So same standings, just a little bit of different records here and there. But, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know. I think Halifax could still end up winning the old North division, but I also think Buffalo is very, very good. I think those two teams are easily in my top three of, of contenders out of the East. Um, it wouldn't shock me if Halifax wins more games. It wouldn't shock me... You know, if Toronto wins more games, um, but I think the the biggest determining factor for me would be if they can uh, go into that month of March with two games against the Wings in Georgia and Georgia and handle business against those two teams, who I think are also very good teams and could be contending for a championship. But twelve and six is my record for Halifax, and I think that's right around where they'll be. I think they'll be in that twelve to fourteen win range. That's how good Halifax is
1: yeah i think I think they're really good. It's gonna be very clear cut um kind of how the playoffs will shape out how we think they will um as we go through the conferences it'll be pretty clear like we kind of have ideas of who we believe are very one and two in each uh division. It's very clear that Halifax and Buffalo are a little farther up on the chain than even a toronto or or a
0: Rochester might be. For sure. And when we break down, uh, the old East division next week, I guarantee we will forget the wins and losses we gave (laughs) throughout this breakdown. So don't yell at us. Um, but just roll with the punches. We'll figure it out. Um, but that's all we got for you guys. So we're going to be doing these breakdowns for the next couple of weeks leading up to the NLL season. Uh, so be sure to follow us on the Twitter machine at OTB lax pod on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow, DJ at SCS underscore next great. You can follow me at KBI three one one. Check out the website underground for all of our written content. And of course, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe to the podcast. Leave those five star ratings and reviews. Let us know how you feel about our breakdowns, how you think things are going to shake out divisionally um, and across the board in the old north, in the old east, and in the west. Let us know in the podcast reviews. Five stars only because we have standards. We know you do, too, and we know they're five stars. You can also check us out on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. And a big thank you to our sponsors, Tomahawk Shades, Stateside Urban Craft Vodka, and Kenwood Beer. Go to TomahawkShades.com. Use promo code USP. You get 25% off your entire order at TomahawkShades.com. Stateside Urban Craft Vodka. Get the vodka soda party packs at StatesideVodka.com. you got to be 21 or older to purchase. And, of course, please drink responsibly. And the homies over at Kenwood Beer. Go to Kenwoodbeer.com. Use the Kenny tracker to see who's got Kenwood on tap. You gotta be 21 or older to do so. And of course, please drink responsibly. This has been episode number 194 of the Outside the Box Podcast, part of the Underground Sports Philadelphia Podcast Network. For DJ, I'm KB. Till next week, we are signing you on to